Hello everyone and welcome back to more Knowing Wheel, episode 78, if I'm not mistaken. Or is it episode 79, Jamie? I believe it's 79. Actually. You believe it's 79? We're going to go with 79 Maybe I'm wrong. then. Maybe Jamie's wrong. Either way, it's no longer a Valtteri Bottas tribute show this week. Next up, I think, will be Oscar Piastri uh, in a couple of episodes' time. But we do return to discuss the ongoings from the carnage carnage filled uh singapore grand prix but of course before we get into that how how are we doing jamie N- nice to have you back again yeah i'm good i actually um channel four let me down at the weekend so my recollection of the race which i missed because i work on a sunday now was the seven minute youtube highlights so i won't be that useful but I- i've i've tried to do my best i've watched ted's notebook and i caught the extended highlights as well which were like 12 minutes so so I mean, to be fair, I, I saved myself a lot of time because, by the sounds of it, you just spent a lot of time waiting and nothing much happening. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute because that certainly is a point that I think was very quickly forgotten uh, during the Grand Prix weekend yeah. at Singapore. But of course, we did a preview show last week. We covered quite a few bits and pieces. If you want to go check out that one, I would highly recommend doing so as well, of course. If you're interested, check out Bybit as well. Uh, links to that down in the description. Spotify, F1 merch, everything like that. Uh, there is plenty to see down there. But, Jamie, let's talk about it then. Zhou Guan Yu has got his contract oh, renewed. I'm sure you're it. a happy boy. It's I been thought very deserved. Very, very, very deserved. Um, yeah, yeah. I think everyone wrote him off. You put in P20 in your driver's predictions at the start I of the did, year. yeah. He, I think he's P17 or something. I genuinely so, believe Latifi would score points for some stupid reason. Yep. Williams fifth. Heard it here first. Um, yeah, I'm very happy. I think people are so harsh on him still just because the first eight races before Baku, he wasn't that quick compared to Bottas, but that's kind of acceptable because Bottas has just come out of a spell of being in the fastest team in the on the grid joey's obviously a rookie there's gonna be a bit of time that he needs to learn but and since... let's be fair <clears throat> bottas unless he's racing wheel to wheel with someone is still actually a, quite a fast driver most yeah, of the time always has been really. he's not um, slow <laughs> yeah not at all and but i think since baku there's a real turning point um yeah Mark qualified him uh bottas i think he's if you count obviously this is fake stats but if you count from back here i reckon joe is ahead i'm not sure i haven't fact checked that i think he is it's definitely either level or ahead i um, think he would be ahead if if my matter i think it would be like four seven yeah no yeah, i'd be he's, he's been four, very three. good since then also like and that. obviously his luck has been horrific as well um picked up alfa romeo's only point since canada in italy yep um which yeah basically joe got good just as the car became terrible yeah so he hasn't really been rewarded for it but i'm very happy um i think fully deserved and yeah i'm glad he will get a chance to hopefully race at his home grand prix in shanghai next year yeah yeah and i must admit you know i'll, I'll hold up my hands and admit we, we know we're on the show and we also know when we get it wrong and joe guan yu has genuinely this year surprised me with how consistently quick he has been like we said, you know, took a few races to get into it, and I was still quite worried at that point with how he was coping. But yeah, like I said, since Baku, Joe Wanyu has certainly deserved contract extension. I mean, it might give Alfa Romeo a few headaches if Teopor Chair has a good season next year in F2. Um, but Joe Wanyu's proven he's he deserves a place in Formula One. That is music to my ears. That's going to be clips and repeated. Go for it, mate. Go for <laughs> it. Um, speaking of drivers just making their F1 debut, Fernando Alonso 
started his 350th Grand Prix this weekend, which, let's be fair, is absolutely insane. He's now the most experienced driver in Formula 1. Is that true? Yep. 349 for Kimmy. 349, fair. Yep. 350 is bigger than 349. Indeed it is. Also, side note, Sebastian Vettel will end his career on 299. I don't know if you saw that. I did not see that, and that really does fill me with pain. Yeah, that's very upsetting. If only Ferrari had given him a working car at the 2016 Bahrain Grand Prix. Or if he didn't have COVID at the start of the year. Or he didn't have COVID. Or yes. Or Russia hadn't invaded Ukraine. Yeah, there's plenty of reasons why we should have got <laughs> Seb to 300. I'll, I'll be honest, Jamie, quickly as we're talking about Seb. I might still have watched back today him naming every Formula One world champion. Oh, that's I'm, quality, isn't it? I'm starting to get a little bit worried that I'm going to miss him more than I was ever prepared to admit. Wow. I think... Matt, with the honest truth today. I think... Unreal. I want to see Seb still around Formula One when he goes. Because, I, I mean, we've said this for a little while, haven't we? But... You can argue Seb doesn't love the sport more than any other driver currently. Mm, I think that's true, definitely. He's got so much respect for it, I think, which is incredible. But talking about another North World champion that we just immediately glossed over. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we'll be here forever, it feels like. Is it a three-year deal he's got with Two years with Aston Martin. So that's getting on for 50 more races. He might even touch 400 if he gets that third extension. Well, he will touch 400, won't he? If each calendar's oh, going to be 24 races, races that's yeah. crazy. Alonso's going to have 400 Grand Prix, and he should have... I'm literally saying this now to tilt every comment I get every week, but <laughs> Alonso should have quit after about 100. You know, get, 100. The, get, the, get those a... two world titles locked up and then just give it up, mate. Like, he's just been yeah. crowned next space since. Ferrari'd. He did get heavily Ferrari'd yeah. for a long time. And I mean... I, I, I feel like I should respond to the comments talking about Fernando Alonso because, don't get me wrong, I don't think he's a bad driver. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, that needed clarifying, didn't it? But I just, I don't know, it just feels a bit strange that he's kind of just mixing it up in the midfield. Like, if you're in a top but, team still, I understand. But Yeah, it's, it is a bit, I don't I, don't I just I guess motivation. I don't really get what he sees in it still. Which I he guess... still thinks he can win, which is, just seems a bit... But not with Aston Martin. He'll go no. down there on the first day and it would just be Stroll moaning about something and the team crying and then think, what on earth have I done? Yeah, I think he's still one of the best drivers on the grid, like top six, quite comfortably. Top ten. I think. Top ten for me. Top ten, believe. I, <laughs> I think, yeah, I can could, I could name a few drivers better than, better than Fernando Alonso. Fair enough. Shall we move on before we lose all our Spanish viewers? Um, <laughs> hola, by the way. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah, another bit of um, Let's lose all our Red Bull and Aston Martin viewers, shall yeah. we? I mean, I'm going to be Team Red Bull over here. Okay. There's, It's a non-story, this. It, the Is budget it? cap thing. Right. I mean, um, I think I know exactly what went on. Basically. Oh right! Okay, I'm gonna sit back and let you tell me the inner the inner goings of Red Bull I'm and Aston Martin. Horner, and Please indulge me with this fancy story. There is talk; it's all speculative for now. Um, but two teams have supposedly broken the budget cap for 2021, um, but only a little bit, which is obviously against the rules. Um, By a little bit, we mean under five percent. Under five percent, which is about which is eight crucial. million dollars. Yeah, which seven I mean, million dollars. If someone wants to accidentally give me eight million dollars, then that's quite—I'd take that. Um, yeah. So the thing that people are annoyed about is because it's not really in the spirit of the rules. Obviously, they've broken it probably on purpose. But the stupid thing is the technical director, or not technical, sorry, it'd be sporting directive, um, 
the punishment for overspending by less than 5% is a fine. There is no real That's consequence. That's not true. It's not confirmed yet, but judging by the FAA like rules... There can still be points deductions and many other things. It's deliberately vague for some stupid reason. Yeah, but I, I would have heavy intuition that it will just be a fine. Um, which... Uh... If it is, that's very clever from Aston Martin and Red Bull because they've basically just got an extra five percent on their budget. I yeah. On the wrist. I mean, this is the. I don't genuinely. I think Formula One has kind of backed themselves in a corner here, because let's be fair. If they find Red Bull, what stops Mercedes and Ferrari spending four hundred million dollars again and then just paying out on the fine? Well, because more than five percent, you would start getting the deductions. I think. Well, I think th- this is the problem, isn't it? Like, I, I don't really get sort of how you know exactly the inner, go- inner workings of what's going on there. You came out very confident and then have kind of <laughs> just told us what we all know. Yeah, um, well, that's what I knew. But, like, there's no way Red Bull or Aston Martin, well, maybe Aston, but there's no way Red Bull have accidentally spent more than they should have done. So I think they've done it intentionally knowing the punishment is very small. I think they might have done it intentionally hoping the punishment is very small. I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? Because it's still speculation currently. Of course, normally when there's rumours like this in the paddock, like if it's one team and everyone's saying it's one team, it is always that team uh, that is yeah. under scrutiny. Like It's not suddenly going to turn around that actually it's Alpha Tauri or someone else uh, as <laughs> overspent. Apparently as well, Aston Martin was just in the way they've reported it was where the error lies. There was no actual financial overspend. Apparently it is mm-hmm. only Red Bull that have overspent budget. Um, but I I really do think they're going to... If you remember back, Jamie, I think I want to say it was 2013, wasn't it? I think the FIA are going to be quite clever with this like they did then. Because do you remember when Mercedes did that Pirelli tyre test they weren't meant yes. to? So yeah, they were yeah. banned from was it the Silverstone Young they were Drivers from the Test? Young Driver Test because they tested their 2013 car with the 2013 drivers in space. 20, yeah. Year. So I think what we're actually probably going to see is if Red Bull have gone over budget, either they're going to be forced to use a lot less budget next year. Say, say for example, I think the budget's 135 million, isn't it next year? Mm-hmm. I could see them being reduced, say, to 120 million or something like that. Yeah. Or they're going to be massively reduced for like wind tunnel time and that sort of thing. Yeah. Because yeah. let's not try and beat around the bush here for a minute. When we're talking, especially if, if it was last year, that could not only be 2021 car, but also 2022's car. So there is the potential that Ripple have gained an unfair advantage in two seasons worth and two massive years worth of Formula One. And I think this is mm. where the big issue lies, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, it, it does feel like a bit of pill to swallow for anyone who's not a Red Bull fan, definitely. Um, but upshot is there's no way they're going to change the outcome of either championship. Oh, no. No, of course so, not. Yeah. I've never once believed, certainly now, <laughs> that we could see Hamilton. Get, even if we saw Red Bull get disqualified from last year's constructors, I don't see them the ever yeah. taking it away from Max because, of course, it fitted their agenda. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll but <move> <laughs> joke, joke aside, I think it is. Because I think this is the problem, though, isn't it? Because, you know, Ferrari and Mercedes, it's quite weird seeing Ferrari and Mercedes colluding together. Um, Mattia yeah, Bonotto yeah. down at the Mercedes paddock all weekend. The enemy um, of mine is my friend. Exactly. But. You know, whether we have seen potentially a... And again, this is all speculation for now. We don't know if any of this has been confirmed. But 
if Red Bull have gone over the budget cap and have been seen to gain an unfair advantage, I mean, we this could have it could theoretically have major repercussions. Because of course, you know, Toto Wolf said that you know Mercedes last year had to had to um, dismiss or not dismiss, but make forty staff redundant. And it's mm. just little things like that. Of course, when it's it's all well and good looking at the numbers behind it, but when you really sort of realise, you know, it's people's jobs, people's livelihoods at stake. Yeah. That's where it sits really uncomfortably for me. That one team feels like they can just sort of push the envelope when everyone else, you know, there's people that, like I said, have lost their jobs yeah. over it. Yeah. Well, Red Bull wouldn't have had the issue at all if Hamilton had stopped crashing into Verstappen last year. So. But he would have still been. They say if Red Bull hadn't have overspent, they wouldn't have been close to Hamilton last year. <laughs> they, they made Merck's car slower. They gave and Red Bull had to overspend to keep up with them. And even by the end of the year, they were still slower. <laughs> we'll move on from beating this dead horse anymore that <laughs> to there's the actual race that happened 15 minutes into this podcast there is um, apparently Singapore Grand Prix first time back since 2019 finally uh, I love yeah. Marina Bay Marina Bay is quality yeah. I, before we get into it though properly I, I just want to sort of shoehorn this point in is it just me that wouldn't mind seeing a Singapore Grand Prix one year in the day because I think I d- I it don't get me wrong. Possible. Why wouldn't it be possible? It would be as hot as Malaysia, wouldn't it? But that is possible. I mean, it is possible. Um, but I, I just think you know Malaysia because it's a city. Yeah, it's sort of my big train of thought. Of course, was I was actually looking this weekend. Uh, obviously, and I don't know how much I forgot about the track before. Um, obviously, it's returned. But you know, things like over the Anderson Bridge, you realise there's like a huge lake there, and I'd never mm. noticed that before. And I would just sort of quite like to see more of Singapore during the Singapore yeah, Grand yeah. Prix one year. Yeah. Because it's a beautiful country. It's an amazing place, yeah. And like we really, like I don't know, you picture uh, what other city venues are there? Like Baku, for instance. You can picture half a city based on the F1 track. Yeah. You go to Singapore, you just picture some night and, and some, some huge buildings. Yeah, yeah. And it's a bit of a shame because it is like an amazing place that we're just kind of missing out on. Obviously, the teams get to experience that, and everyone in the F1 circus will get that through the days and stuff, but. Yeah, potentially, but I, I really don't. I think there's a reason they put it at night because of the heat and because of all the. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would be very hard on everyone to do it in the daytime. Yeah, and I mean that's a very good point. That to be honest, I hadn't really considered, but I think it would just be quite. In- I mean, again, we sort of get it in free practice, don't we? Sort of FP one, yeah, and FP three, you get a bit of a good look at the city and things like that. But I would just, yeah, one year, I'd like to see a Singapore Grand Prix in the daytime. Let's let's get into qualifying though. Sorry, my little extra um, side note there. Um, qualify. I mean, all weekend really wasn't it? Was is it going to rain or is it going to dry up, or how much is it going to dry up? Was the real yeah. question, wasn't it? Yeah, and qualifying started weirdly. Like parts of the track were wet and parts were almost like bone dry. Um, but because there was no daylight, no sun to dry the track out. It took ages to dry because obviously the floodlights are good for lights, but they're not that good for heat. So the water on the surface was only really getting cleared by the cars, which takes a lot longer than when you've got the uh, the beating sun on the surface of the racetrack as well. So it was a lot. It was basically just a crossover period for the whole of qualifying. The track was ramping up and ramping up, and who was going to gamble on the slicks, if anyone? And eventually, we got the answer. But um. Yeah, Q Q one. It was just intermediates for everyone. Um, not many surprises, I guess. The the three drivers going out 
Ocon was a bit surprising, but I think he had some brake issues. Uh, both Williams were on the back row, and along with uh, Ricardo, which is not really that surprising anymore. Nope. And Valtteri Bottas, which is it's a little bit surprising. Less and less surprising, yeah. hasn't it, as the yeah. season's gone on? Um, yeah, no, I think it was. I mean, it was always going to be a horrendous weekend for Williams, wasn't it? You just look at Singapore and think if they can just make it to the end, that's probably going to be quite a good thing. Well, you know, we. we well, exactly. Ticked off today. <laughs> no, exactly. But it's just there that you just don't still, you know, we, we see Williams making so much progress, but it's still not a good race car at all. all. It is just a good drag car. Um, but moving into Q2, though, you know, track was still getting drier and drier. I mean, we, we have Martin Brundle's advanced PhD-esque maths to try and work out when it would be the right time to move on to dries. Yeah. Um, what was it? Pull the number out of thin air. Which was four seconds past last year's pole time plus 10 seconds minus something or something bizarre bless him i don't know what martin uh, was really thinking but we did see a couple of cars gamble it towards the end of q2 um sadly it was both aston martin and joe guan yu and it didn't work long story short stroll wasn't that far off it was only like well i guess in qualifying terms it's quite a long way being a second and a half off not in those conditions though around in those conditions it, it was fairly similar like what like maybe two or three more minutes and then it would have paid off, but unfortunately not. Um, and they were joined in the drop zone by Mick Schumacher and uh, surprisingly George Russell, which yeah. he never really got to grips this weekend, it felt like. No, he certainly struggled this weekend around Singapore. And I mean, there's got to still be something a bit weird about the way Mercedes set up their cars at Singapore, because Hamilton, you kind of imagine, has got used to it. But Their pace was good, though, in at points of the weekend. At it's points, yeah. But this is the thing. Mercedes just never have sort of got Singapore sussed, isn't it? It's really weird still. Because mm. we've said this for so many years. But, yeah, I mean, Russell, I was quite surprised because he didn't get more stick for being out in Q2. Because yeah. he yeah. was, yeah, really quite disappointing, to be honest. Um, but he then took some engine penalties. So he was going to be starting at the back for the Grand Prix. And safe to say there's a little bit to talk about uh, from George Russell when we get into the race. <laughs> um, but as we get into Q3, though... Things did finally change, and we did see drivers gambling it onto a set of the slick tyres, and it was very much looking like it was just going to be last car on a lap was probably going to get the advantage. Yeah, but even through the session, while the times didn't matter at that point, because obviously the track's getting quicker and quicker, the likes of Hamilton, Leclerc, Alonso were all doing, and Verstappen as well, were all doing really well consistently to be the driver, like a second clear of everyone else yeah. at certain points, which... Yeah, it's just their their class coming to uh, fruition. Certainly in qualifying, um, Leclerc's class is a bit rarer on a Sunday. But yeah, uh, towards the end of the session, you had everyone just pumping in the lap times. Uh, interestingly, Verstappen uh, was like on a lap good enough. Uh, well, at the time, would have been good enough for the hole, um, and backed off under the uh, turn nineteen, I think, where PK crashed back in the day. Um, and yeah, backed off to get one more run because he had like 20 seconds to finish the lap and start the next. So he decided to back off. I don't know. I think the team told him to. Um, yeah. And yeah, he went for it again and then was nine tenths up at the sector two split on Leclerc's time, which was eventually pole. Um, and spoiler, well, two days later, three days later now. Um, yeah, the, the time, well, the fuel, sorry, was not there. They must have tried to save money by not putting fuel in the car to finish Q3 um, and yeah he had to back off It was, I think it was quite clever to be fair it was quick thinking because that must have been such a hard call to make for the team to tell him on his final Q3 lap to back off um, 
but starting P8 is much better than starting P20, which is what would have happened had he finished a lap and run out of fuel. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. If I was Max Verstappen with that bigger lead in championship, I'd go risk it. Yeah, I guess it was a direct instruction. Had they, obviously, they didn't have time to tell him or tell the reason there and then. But if he knew the reason, I think he would have just carried. Oh, Max definitely hoped. would have. But I mean, yeah. yeah, if I was on the pit wall there, I would have just gone. <laughs> I mean, if he starts last, he's gonna still recover quite well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, don't get me wrong; it was absolutely the sensible choice. That's just me being a fan. Wanted to see some more spice, but if that Another was yeah, race win position ticked off. Yeah, the the, the first ever last a first potentially. Um, still, still yet to get that in Formula One. Starting last in the Grand Prix on the grid yeah. and win the race. Still waiting yeah, for that. Yeah, Perez have kind of done it mid-race, but no, never starting there. No, and Kimi's been close. Uh, that is genuine. I think I've said this before on the podcast months ago, but that is genuinely a record. I can actually see Verstappen finally breaking at some point in the future. I can see Maybe. him getting Maybe a bizarre season. race like that. I don't think it'll be this year, but you never know. Give him some engine know. pens at a strong track. No, exactly. So, I mean, that left us then with Sergio, uh, sorry, Charles Leclerc even, uh, on pole position. Sergio Perez alongside him, 22 thousandths of a second there, and Hamilton P3, 53 thousandths of a second, if I remember correctly, covering 54. the top three. 54 thousandths, sorry. Yeah. That, for reference, is how long it takes for you to blink. That's how close oh, it was between the top three. Wow. Good. <laughs> you wanted to test that theory, didn't you? I mean, I did. around a track yeah. like Singapore, in the rain... That is insanely close. That is ridiculous how close that is. It's something like 30 centimetres. Like, Slightly more than that, but yeah, about two and a half metres. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's not, not very much at all. Splitting over, what, a six kilometre racetrack? Uh, like five kilometre racetrack. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah, 5.1 kilometres, sorry. Um, yeah. and I mean, that's three cars, three different teams, everything like that as well. It is was yeah. insanely close, and it was really shaping us up, you know, with Verstappen a little bit further back. Maybe we could have an interesting Grand Prix. And mm. then, of course, Sunday kicks off. <laughs> and you could take us through this, because I was uh, not watching. So, Formula One, understandably, has a start procedure. Um, about two hours, I think it was, before the race kicks off, they get another absolute downpour. Um, so you sort of think, you know, we, we've got this start procedure that has to be done. Why don't we start doing that, send the cars out, get them all on the grid, everything like that, and see what happens? Because we've got through the rain now, there's not meant to be any more. Why don't we just get them out there ready? And then, of course, if it's safe to race, they can race. If not, then we'll just red flag it for now, hold off. No, they just decide to postpone it for an hour for seemingly very little reason, because for whatever reason, those full wet tyres they lug around the world can't actually be used at any point. They're just for show. Yeah. I mean, I was following a little bit on Twitter before the race started, and I try and avoid spoilers, but it seemed a bit ludicrous, because the the worst of the downpour had gone. It wasn't raining anymore. Yeah, they could have just started the procedure then. It's kind of like what they did in Monaco. Yeah. Because because everything in F1 is so by the book in terms of the race starting and everything is so slow as well you've got to give 10 minute notice or half an hour notice for everything just do it a bit quicker it's 2022 i'm sure they can just press a button and all the teams can get the same info at the same time yeah it can't be that hard to knock you have to give 10 minute notifications of stuff i mean i've got no issues with like 10 minute notifications depending on obviously what it is but it's just things like why have to delay the entire start procedure 
when mm. it's only the final three minutes you're worried about, and that's when the cars roll off to do the formation lap. Yeah. It's not that difficult, yeah. surely. Yeah, not at all. And, yeah, it's just kind of like F1 being hasn't really moved on from the past to where everything I did has to be done quite in advance because it was hard to communicate. They could communicate so easily now and they just don't don't even bother trying. <laughs> it's like we're still run by Bernie stuck in the Stone Age yeah, at times yeah. still. It is bizarre. Um, but that did also mean, Jamie, like I said, you know, the race got postponed by an hour. Um, obviously, we've got a three-hour time limit in Formula 1, so we got postponed to five past nine Singapore time. It could have been the first time since, can you guess, when a Grand Prix finished last on a Monday? Can we finish on a Monday? Yep. Maybe Canada 11? No. That must have been quite late, though. Four hours? It was still about 5pm Canadian Do you mean time. Four... Oh, you're thinking local time. Yeah, I have no idea. Le Mans 24? Was that ever an F1 race? No. Uh, it was the South African Grand Prix back when they had the driver's boycott. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, I wouldn't have got that, but that, that's interesting. That's a yeah. fun fact for you for the day. We'll get into the proper quiz later on, but not yet. Okay, we're, we're holding off on the real <laughs> quiz for now. Um, I mean, let's get into the start then. Like we said, we've got Leclerc on pole. Sergio Perez right alongside him. Uh, we all know what Leclerc's pole-to-win conversion rate is like, so it comes as no surprise that Perez mugged him <laughs> off the start. No, not at all. Um, straight into the lead. The uh, couple more talking points. Verstappen from eighth just got an anti-stall. Um, almost so got, an anti-stall on himself almost yeah. an anti-stall yeah he got a really bad start and dropped to momentarily I think P13 but then was P12 again by the end of the lap yeah but he was just kind of like Belgium just trying to avoid crashing on lap one yeah when you got a car that fast it's just don't get don't get out of the race on lap one and you'll be okay um, yeah also Joe had a anti-stall because what kind of race would happen without Joe having an anti-stall in, in the night time uh, yeah. I mean, Anything else interesting? Verstappen oh, seemed to be the only driver on that side of the circuit um, that got a really bad start because it seemed like the even numbers was actually the place to be on the grid, wasn't it? Because mm. Sainz jumps Lewis yeah. as well. Perez also, yeah, obviously getting into the lead and stuff. Um, Norris, no. So yeah, Norris did get past Lonzo, didn't he? From yep. sixth into fifth. Yeah, so everyone on that... Um, Left-hand side, if you're on the track, yeah. Yeah. Jumped past their competitor on the right, apart from Max inside the top eight. Um, I mean, lap one, though, was a bit chaotic. I mean, we saw just Alex Albon fly through the shot down at turn <laughs> six, um, which everyone thought was Latifi for a brief moment. I actually said it was Albon because he was still battling other cars, and there's no That's way true. Latifi's done that pretty much all year. Latifi got cut adrift most of the time. He still had time to take Joe out, but we'll get on to that later. We will get on to that in a <laughs> Also loved on lap one, Kevin Magnussen, whether for better or for worse every weekend, will not give up places on lap one. I think it's incredible Especially still. against cars that you just should not be battling. Yeah, the amount but... of black and orange flags is insane. To I'm be... he's the only driver that gets them. I think this is his third or fourth of the year, generally. No, it's more than that. I think it might be. I I can think he of had three or definitely four. Spain, definitely Canada, yeah, and Austria, definitely Italy. Did he get one at Italy as well? I think he got one at Italy. I Monza. think he got one at Austria, unless I'm thinking yeah. of Italy. Yeah. Oh, we're looking at five so, or six then. I mean, that ridiculous. is quite impressive to damage your car it's in just, such a way in one third of Grand Prix you start. It's very Magnussen, to be fair. Yeah. Um, very fast, never gives an inch, and. 
to be fair... Unfortunately ends up on the worst end of it. Usually. He also wasn't given an inch prior to that. Hence why I think he did fight so aggressively yeah, with Max. Because yeah. Max did almost yeah. put him in the wall. Heading out I do rate him, though. Nine. He's kind of like the, the salty league racer just become a real-life F1 driver. K-Mag keeps it interesting. Yeah. And yeah I, you can I've, always guarantee. I've got a lot of respect for him for that. And I mean, he did... Or I was a bit worried, to be honest, when they were going side-by-side in the corner after what used to be the Singapore sling because I did think K-Mag's going to lock up here and both of them are going to be out because Max was just being shown the wall. Yeah, Max completely had to bail out of that, which was very sensible. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I I think, honestly, Kevin Magnussen, why don't Hash just give him half a front wing that he's already damaged at another race that year? (laughs) Just so when inevitably he does take half of it off, it doesn't matter. Yeah, if he starts with no front wing... He can't lose it. That's a very good point, Jamie. Yeah. I don't I'm, know I'm sure that. we won't see um, Kevin Magnussen <laughs> so Danny, fly Danny off Kavir, at turn one. Uh, camo Red Bull style where he did testing without a front wing because he broke it. Yes. Yeah, back in 2015, wasn't it? Yeah. That was at Jerez. God, we've really gone down a tangent very quickly. Wow, was it? it was at Jerez, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's get on, though, to your main man, Joe Guan Yu. He got yep. the full Latifi treatment this weekend. <laughs> How on earth yep. Latifi's still in that Williams to the end of the year is pain in a nutshell. Fred Vasseur after Spa was uh, bang on. Commented, what was it he said? It's sometimes sometimes mechanical, bad luck. Sometimes, sometimes mechanical. Sometimes, sometimes Latifi. Latifi. Yeah, which is <laughs> spot on again. Yeah. I mean, what was... was that from Latifi? He just, oh, just down in towards turn four. Joe's on the outside of him. Latifi. I mean, it was either going to be Latifi or Stroll that does that. And this time around, it was Latifi. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair to Stroll, he's got a little better awareness, I think. Well, he back couldn't have got like, much worse. Yeah, back in the day, he just blocked people for fun on blue <laughs> flags and stuff. But, yeah, it was it was not too clever from Latifi. Um, I spe- like, he literally ran wide at turn three, so he missed the apex so badly. With a car right behind him, even if you're not checking your mirrors, because obviously the spray is quite bad, you should just know there's someone there. Because he knows that Joe's right behind him. He knows he missed the apex. Why wouldn't I mean, you just, yeah, d- d- Williams, just be honest with us. Does Latifi need a spotter? <laughs> Someone on the radio being like... Car uh, left, car left, three yeah, wide, hold left. your line. Just like on iRacing. <laughs> It'd be fine. Just give him a spotter, please. And just someone to tell him where to brake and accelerate as well. Oh, yeah, just get someone that. else to drive the car for you. Yeah, exactly. Put that. Nick DeFries in. Or someone else. <laughs> Logan Sargent, maybe. If he gets Sargent's enough super favourite, I hear, apparently. Well, we hear a lot of things, don't we? I mean, there's more to talk yeah, about true. Nick DeFries, isn't there, as well? Uh, but we'll, we'll discuss that on another day. Um, but, I mean, yeah, early on, though, things were kind of up and down. I mean, we saw Max Verstappen was slowly picking up places. George Russell starting at the back was struggling uh, to make much progress and then decided just to murder Valtteri Bottas or attempt to murder him. Um, mm. I'm adamant he went down into towards turn five. They're screaming, this is for Imola last year, but <laughs> we won't worry about that too much. Um, yeah, I mean, like we said, George Russell just had a bizarre weekend, and it was it bizarre was really for all the wrong poor. reasons. Yeah, it was not, not... Like, Russell's biggest thing this season has been his consistency. Yeah. He's not really dropped a shocker like that. I guess there was that there was a couple of qualities where he went out in Q2 early years, but the this car was the, trash. Yeah, this is the first sort of real stinker of a weekend, wasn't yeah. it, for George yeah. Russell? I guess you could count Silverstone, but... Obviously, yeah. very different circumstances. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the race was sort of fairly calm early on. Even Max Verstappen was struggling uh, to pick up places until Fernando Alonso saw him behind him and just decided to clutch the Renault power unit and retired. Yeah, Alonso always doing his best to help Verstappen out. Exactly. Um, just 
yeah, had a retirement. Uh, Alonso now claims it's 60 points that he's lost due to reliability this season. How many points which... did he think he was going to get this weekend? 46 or? Uh, 10. 10, apparently. okay. Yeah, but then at enough. least two other drivers also think they were finishing fifth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know Gasly and Stroll both say we could have and, fifth. And so. one of them who I'm sure didn't think he'd finish fifth did finish fifth yes. in the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, um, I saw a brilliant stat of Ricardo this week. Um, what was that? You know, prior to the Singapore Grand Prix weekend, he has more tattoos than points this year. <laughs> 21 <laughs> tattoos to 19 points. That is very funny. Very good. Um, yeah, I think Alonso still counts 25 points from Australia that he lost as well. Oh, of course, um, yeah. He was definitely so, going to win that one. Yeah, yeah. pole position was on the way after that straight line sector two. Exactly. Um, yeah, unfortunate for Alonso. Even more unfortunate that he's in my fantasy team. Um, and that was... That was kind of it. And then later on, another uh, DNF. Well, two uh, laps later. Yeah. It was Ocon. Uh, they think it's the same issue on both cars. But but one of them blew a... up and one of them didn't. Yeah, but I think Ocon's only blew up because he didn't stop it quick enough. Ah, fair enough. Um, so really big swing in the points as well towards McLaren. Yeah, this yeah. This weekend. So McLaren have actually overtaken him, which definitely shouldn't be happening based on... Well, based on the fact McLaren's still hiring Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, McLaren have been fighting with one hand beh- tied behind their back. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, but, I mean, yeah, we saw Albon as well have a very slow crash, which unfortunately uh, led to the second Williams out by lap 23 of the Grand Prix. Also in my team. Um, also in Jamie's fantasy team. I'm feeling more and more confident yeah. about our fantasy team <laughs> talking about this. Um, yeah, I mean, again... Everything kind of calmed down for a little bit until lap 33, where we're watching Verstappen trying to make moves. We've got Hamilton on the little preview camera, and he just flies off the track down at turn six. And how he kept his front wing, I have no idea. Because he hit the wall completely square on. And, but unlike most drivers, Hamilton keeps hold of the steering wheel in accidents. He does. But that also made him break his wrists or like do something bad to his wrists in Hockenheim 07, didn't it? No. Not or did he let go of that? Nürburgring, sorry. Yeah, he definitely let go there. I think he was just worried he was going to break his legs. Yeah, his legs were moving a lot afterwards. But well, not surprised. He wanted to check to they were still sure they attached were still to the rest of him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you blame him? No, not at all. How but on earth? that was. Yeah. We, I, I, sorry, I just want to quickly step in there and go for it. How on earth, in one single podcast, can we talk about Haref 2015 free season testing <laughs> and Nürburgring 2007? The, the tangents are. Marcus Winkelhock, yeah, the, the man, the myth, the beast. Um, but exactly. yeah I mean whilst Hamilton's stuffing it in the wall George Russell's been on dry tyres for about the last five laps and he's just going nowhere um, yeah, it was very much a, around Singapore I mean I can tell like bless <clears> him <throat> I really like George as a driver but you just know he was there thinking in that cockpit going I'm going to call this and I'm going to win this race and it's going to be the greatest thing ever <laughs> well he tried it in Canada didn't he in qualifying yeah and it didn't work um, there either it didn't work there He's he's too keen he's too keen George he certainly is. He certainly is. And then, I mean, the last of our retirements, though, from the Grand Prix, um, lap 36, Yuki Sonoda suddenly just decides he's on fresh, dry tyres on a still slippery track. He's just going to go full send at the Singapore Sling and never even looks close to making the corner. No, no. He set this purple, not purple, sorry, his PB in first sector. Wait, was that straight out of the pits? Oh, I think it was one lap after. It might have yeah, been straight so he, out he got pits. his personal best sector one. I then didn't finish sector two because he just stacked it. I mean, um, yeah. Yuki Sonoda, I love the guy, um, but it is very much a win it or bin it, and sadly he's not he winning it much. He does have a tendency. Still. I, I like that, happen. though, in Yuki. 
He really yeah, does yeah. sort of bring back what made Japanese drivers in the past great. <laughs> and by that, I mean watching Takuma Sato on a Saturday qualifying lap go absolutely mental <laughs> and normally stack it. <laughs> yeah. Yuki really oh, is just... Takuma Sato in the Super He was such yeah, a baller. Like, man. Even in the BAR, I just always, whenever anyone talks about Takuma Sato, I just remember him absolutely chucking it over the final chicane curbs at Canada and <laughs> flinging the car off the track. Oh, yeah. another They're tangent. fun to watch. Another tangent. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, a couple of laps later, though, the unthinkable happens. Max Verstappen, after a safety car restart, trying to look up the inside of Lando Norris, completely destroys his tyres, running down in towards turn six. Yeah, that was a weird one from Max. Because he was almost like, you don't see it very much anymore, that kind of rash decision-making, almost. Um. Um, but, yeah, he's on dry tyres. There's only really one dry line, or maybe one and a half, if you're generous. And he goes so far. Oh, sorry, I hit my phone there. Um, so far to the inside, and then just completely. There's no chance there's any grip out there. I His think tires he hit a puddle originally. Away. He bottomed out supposedly. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, that I thought it was very very quick thinking of him to flick spin it like that. That was very cool. Um, I think there also did, needs to be a bit of his race. I think there needs to be a little bit of credit there as well to Lando Norris because he really knew what he was doing in that moment. Oh yeah, we saw yeah. so many drivers for whatever reason try and go defensive. When yeah, but there was no point. Just stick to the dry line, and the yeah. other car's not going to be able to get past. As yeah, we true. found out on lap forty, uh, when George Russell just tried to barge Mick Schumacher out of the way for some yeah. reason, and then complained about Schumacher. I was like, yeah. "What's happened there? What is he doing? You turned yeah. in on him, mate. That's what happened." Again, yeah. just such a eggy weekend by George Russell. You just yeah. don't see really those things often. True. But. I, I guess it is what it is, and I'm sure he looked back and went, yeah, "Actually, yeah, that was my fault," because he's normally yeah, normally pretty level-headed uh, with that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we sort of then add Max, of course, having to try and slice and dice his way back through again. Um, but really, most things have calmed down. I guess the only sort of other interesting point was, of course, that Perez was being investigated uh, whilst leading the race because he hadn't kept safety car procedure, but. I guess that's less interesting now, of course, because we know he didn't get penalised for it. Or he did, but not well, enough. he did. He only got a five-second penalty for it. What I wanted to ascertain, because in the seven-minute clip, the highlights that I watched, they didn't cover any of that at all, which is very helpful. Mm. Um, so he was investigated for two different infringements. Were they within Three. the same safety car window? So there was one after the first safety car, and then two after the second interesting so he technically got a reprimand for the first one and then a five second for the combination of the second two no that would be far too simple for the fia to do jamie okay Uh, from what i read about it he was given a reprimand for the first or a warning even for the first one um then the second one he was given um he was let off because they took into account the conditions and then the third one two quarters later they didn't take into account the conditions anymore and gave him a five second penalty I, it just screamed they didn't want to change the winner after the race. Which, to be fair, is consistent for the FIA because they never changed the winner after a race. No, whether it's the right thing to do or not. Um, but before that, we had lap 57, though. Hamilton trying to apply pressure to Seb. And he just, two laps to go, just tried to go for a move. And it was never going to work. Up the inside, dry tyres, wet track. And he just slid off and Verstappen snuck back past him. Yeah, it was... Again, it wasn't quite the absolute shocker that Russell had, but Hamilton didn't have a clean race at all. No, I think he got um, frustrated by then, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. And I guess 
I mean, it doesn't make a massive difference to him, does it? He's got 103 race wins, so what's the difference between P8 or P9? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't normally have those places still award points, to be honest. But, <laughs> and to be honest, it was that horrible thing as well, isn't it? Because people are going, oh, Hamilton's making so many mistakes. You're sort of there, like, when you're, when you're comfortably going to finish third anyway by the end of the year, in terms of the team, why doesn't he just have a go? Like, yeah, people true. aren't giving Max Lode a stick for running off down at turn six, but then they're like, oh, Hamilton's washed up. He ran wide once on a wet, dry tyres <laughs> on a wet track. Like, let him... again, you know, it was it was an error. It was miscalculated, but he didn't take anyone out. He tried to make things interesting towards the end of a Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's just one of those things. I mean, Verstappen made a mistake this race. I mean, most cars did, I'm sure. In just fact, a case of who you caught I up with. To bring up briefly was so basically all race Leclerc was kind of holding pace with Perez. Yeah. Um, and then towards the end he just stopped, uh, stopped holding pace with him. And in the cooldown room, supposedly I haven't seen the clip, but they were saying on Tez's notebook, Leclerc was heard to say, "I didn't get degradation on the tires. I got degradation on myself." That doesn't surprise uh, me. Which is fair enough around a thirty degree track in the wet, which is basically the closest thing F one has to an endurance race. Yeah, and but I think apparently as well he overheated the tires. Sorry, I think apparently he'd overheated the tires on the restart, and then wasn't right behind Perez and knew he wouldn't close back up. Right, so kind of just yeah. Cause if he stayed within five seconds, I mean they just wouldn't have penalised Perez. No, exactly. Um, <laughs> but it's a it's a shame for Leclerc. Yeah, it's weird that he, it's a weird thing to admit. I don't think Verstappen or Hamilton would be giving that away for free. What that they ran out of energy? That they ran out of energy. Yeah, well, Hamilton literally collapsed a few Grand Prix ago in the paddock. In the yeah, but that's just dramatic, isn't it? That's, don't that's think so. Winning skills. Oh, don't give me what, that. Getting, getting out the car at Baku. Oh, my back's killing me. I can't do this. I mean, would you want to have been going around in that thing that weekend? It looked horrendous. No, but I'm not paid eighty million dollars to do it. I'm sure so. Hamilton's not paid eighty million dollars to give himself <laughs> scoliosis. <laughs> he's an old man bless him yeah I think no. poor Kimmy would have been turned to dust by now Alonso probably is <laughs> Alonso got electrocuted now he thinks he's 21 again exactly no he thinks he's 6 7 <laughs> I mean yeah I mean yeah. final results though Sergio Perez takes the win from Charles Leclerc that means that Leclerc's now down to a 22% pole to win ratio uh, which with Ooh. his amount of poles is horrendous uh, Sainz had a very very quiet P3 just didn't have the pace all weekend um, Lando Norris, Daniel Ricciardo, McLaren, like we said, very, very happy with that. Should not be back ahead of Alpine, but might now just kind of egg that home. But I think Alpine is still going to be quicker to the end of the year. Stroll mm. P6. I apologise to all of you that voted on the driver of the day poll I did yesterday. Um, I absolutely should have put him on there. I did completely forget. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, final race at Singapore. The most winningest driver still at the Singapore Grand Prix. Ahead uh, of Verstappen, Hamilton, Gasly, top 10 there. And it means Perez is still a street circuit merchant. Indeed, yeah. And speaking of Sergio Perez... Oh, no. He took his fourth career win um, at Singapore this weekend. Yeah. And that is also his 23rd career podium. Okay. Which is quite a lot, considering he didn't really get that many that frequently until two years ago. Yeah. Um, but your challenge today, Matthew... Oh, no is to name every driver Sergio Perez has stood on a podium with. Oh, dearie me. And you have... I'll give you a minute 30 because there's 16 answers. 16 answers. And your time starts now. Okay, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, uh, Valtteri Bottas, Nico Rosberg, Kimi Raikkonen, 
Um, Nick Heifeld. No, that's stupid. No. Um, Nico Holkerberg. No, that's even more stupid. Charles <laughs> um, Leclerc. Carlos Sainz. I've already said Hamilton, mm-hmm. haven't I? Yep. George yep. Russell. Yep. Um, I already said Rosberg, didn't I? Yep. Sebastian Vettel. Yep. Um, Fernando Alonso. Yep. How many more have I got? You have six left. Six left. You've got ages. You've got 50 seconds. Lando Norris? Yep. Oh, right. Um, i trying to think. Oh, Esteban Ocon. Indeed. Uh, Lance Stroll. Indeed. Three to go. I'm doing better than Three I more. thought I would. Um, These are quite obscure. You'll know them, but they're... I'm going to have to try and remember not... just a podium, aren't I? I think it's the yeah. problem. Um, Daniel Ricciardo? Yep. How many more have I got? Two. Two more. Um, trying to think who else. It would have. It's. It was a long time ago. Races, wasn't it? One was a long time ago. Felipe One Massa. Was... No. Jensen Button. Mark Webber. No. Oh, God. Five seconds. Can you tell me the two drivers? Can you tell me the Grand Prix? Or the Grand Prix, okay. because obviously I know like, 14 out of 16 I will absolutely have, by the way. Is very the, good, that is yeah. a lot better. I mean, pre-show, you were telling me I'm not going to get many of these. I um, thought so there'd be a few that. you missed. I'm surprised you got, like, Ricardo and Norris in that. Um, oh, Norris was a guess, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you, one of them was Canada 2012. Did he get a podium there? Perez did, yeah. Perez came Button? third. No. Pastor Maldonado? No, it wouldn't have been Maldonado, would it? No. Um... Roman Grosjean? Indeed. Oh, that's annoying. And the other one was Baku last year. Baku last year? Oh, Baku last year, sorry. Pierre Gasly. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. So the two Frenchmen that you missed out on. Oh, I always forget the French. But that was fairly good. Oh, like I said, I'm pretty, I was impressed, obviously, when I then managed to remember Ocon and Stroll. Yeah, I was going to say Albon, but I thought, no, that's ridiculous, because obviously they were on the same team. Oh, they, they were replacing each other. They were yeah. replacing each other, yeah. Yeah. I'll take that, actually. No. 14 out of 16 is pretty good going pretty for good. me this year. Um, let's get in, though, Jamie. Driver of the day. Mm. Now, this is a hard one because I didn't actually watch the race live, obviously. So, like, obviously, the likes of Ricardo and Stroll bent, like, did very well in terms of grid position to final result. But most of that was down to luck. Um, and timing of safety cars and stuff because Gasly was probably on for P5 before the missed time safety car. I think... Hmm. I think Norris deserves a shout. I don't know who I would go for. He, this is the thing, wasn't it? Lando Norris was still quicker than Ricardo pretty much all day long, but it just happened he started 10 places in front of him that no one cared. Yeah. And Norris also, for a bit, was keeping pace with Science until Science got his confidence back. Yeah. I think I'll go for Norris. Why not? Fair enough. Fair enough. I am going to say, again, you know, Ricardo Stroll, I think both deserve a big shout out there. I'm, I'm going to say Perez, to be honest. Fair. In the kind of he race definitely... where you might expect him to make a bit of a mistake, he was, he, to be honest, he was cool, calm and collected. And let's be fair, at the front of the field, if you'd told me Verstappen was in that car this weekend, I would have believed you. Yeah. If they just swapped around. I could quite easily believe they were in opposite cars this weekend. So, yeah, maybe they were. Maybe, maybe they were. So I'm going to give it to Sergio Five, Perez. Six wins in a row for Verstappen. Yep. Right for... At least we don't now get all those ridiculous stats that without 
without getting wrecked or something else happening, Verstappen's podium yeah. streak and all that. You know, like it's not yeah. a podium streak if it's finished. Um, yeah, we can claim some damage without a flat-spotted tire or damage to his exactly, car. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> or anything else happening. Or him not finishing on the podium. Max Verstappen has finished every race yeah, of his career can, on the podium. Only count races. Where he finished in the, the top three, yeah. Or not even <laughs> finished in the top three. USA 2017, never forget. Um, and Mexico 16 as well. Yes, yeah. Let's jump in then, Jamie. I feel like I'm stupidly confident for this. It's F1 fantasy yeah, time, Yeah, I had a bit of a nightmare. So did I. Um, but I'm hoping not as badly as a nightmare as you is because now I'm confident over this. Because, yeah, as we said during the show uh i had alonzo alban and joe actually i got yeah triple dnf <laughs> i had alonzo and alpine so technically a triple dnf as well but alonzo yeah, twice not so not great for me um go on tell me I'll jamie go first i got 151 oh you monster how did you did still beat, beat you? me how did that even happen what no three dnf who else did you have i'm genuinely shocked uh, Verstappen, who got 15. Yep, so did I. Uh, Leclerc Turbo and Ferrari. Ah, you have Ferrari. How many points did they score? A 58. What? So a 90 for Leclerc. I had Perez Turboed, who got me 90. Oh, get? So Leclerc got the same. How? He had a streak and he got pole, oh, obviously. Oh, behave. Um, yeah. Oh, you're such you a nerd so with everyone fancy. I got 151. I mean, I didn't even check my team before this. It was just coincidence that the cloud of street. I got 139. Wow. How is this fair? You... <laughs> I don't so, get this. Yeah, I got 148 of my points from Ferrari and Leclerc. Special shout out to my meme team where I got minus 17. Because I have Mick Schumacher got three. Magnussen got five. Latifi got minus nine. Alvin got minus seven. And then Zhou Guanyu got me minus 12 turboed. And then Hass got me three nice. points back. So without Decent. Haas this weekend, I would have been minus 28. Yeah. Which would have been quite impressive. Um, let's go have a look then, Jamie, at the Mat 2 and 2 League. We've crossed 4,500 of you. Oh, amazing. Thank you to everyone that's joined. We're aiming for at least 5k of you next year. We might even go for 10k uh, if things go well. Uh, are you going to give us a rundown of Singapore or do you want me to? Uh, I'll do Singapore. You, you give us Singapore. Give us a top so... 10, Jamie. We've got Ayaz at P1, 344 points, which is... Very good going. Uh, I want to yeah. see how achy that team is. Very good. Obviously, Mega Driver played as usual. Uh, interesting. So, Perez Mega, which is bold, but worked out. Brave um, choice. Leclerc Turbo, uh, Sainz as well, and Ferrari. So, going big on the Ferrari with Norris and Schumacher, the other two. So, he's um, egged that really well. well. Andrea M in second place. Uh with a similar team actually exactly the same team I believe maybe Magnuson says Schumacher I can't remember what his own was um, second place 329 with a team called Ferrari in third with Charlie P they did uh, finish third this again. weekend yeah they did um, Victor LP4 Ativ in uh, joint fourth actually Kevin T in sixth with Giuseppe Herman Anthony and Johnny S in ninth, oh, oh, Johnny S had three teams in ninth, all, all with the a same Mega Driver or... and a Wild Card played. Oh, so fair I enough. Just did has three teams, but they serve the same purpose. Fair enough. Why you do that? I and don't Leo know. Leo F also enjoyed the ninth. Fair play. Fair play. Yeah, round of applause. How many points would you need to be top ten this week? Two hundred eighty-six. So I was only a hundred forty-seven away. If you double your points, you still won in the top. No, 10. 
No, that is. But if I, I if I Mega Drive Perez, six times points, three hundred points right there. <laughs> if you Mega and Turbo him, yeah, yeah. force it through. This <laughs> I'm gonna hack the F1 Fantasy servers just for that. Uh, yeah, let's have a look then at our top 10 overall. It's a lot of Canadians. Don't say that very often in Formula 1 inside the top 10. Um, we've still got Max T, though. Mansell's mustache leading the way. 3,441 points. Uh, Bryce G up to P2 with his Mega Driver still intact. Uh, pretty much everyone else inside the top 10 still has their Mega Driver. Uh, Larry T in P3, 3,391. Uh, Nahal V with Mission Smoke win now. Uh, Scuderia Wickham still with Timo in P5 ahead of Philip S with his Volvo 240 uh, Bartek in P7 there with his first team uh, Tabi and Rosario are inside the top 10 but have not got their Mega Drivers anymore uh, and then it is Carlos with the Ferrari Master Plan nestled one point behind Rosario so 3,346 points you'd need currently uh, to remain inside the top 10 of our F1 Fantasy League um, and I'm just looking at the rep the absolutely depressing sudden downfall of results I've had recently. 848th in Belgium, 800th in the Netherlands, out of 4,500 people, 3,400th in Italy, and 3,100th at Singapore. So I was on, yeah, I was doing well. I had three really good races in a row. You did, you egg. Three. So 255 in Belgium. Oh. Uh, 587 in Netherlands. Oh. 925 in Italy. Oh. And then this weekend, it's all falling apart. It's 2839. At least you can crack the top 3,000 still. I'm getting squeezed. In fact, yeah, I reckon next year we need six people in the league. Although so I still won't get top five. I still had, the, I think, the highest score of either of us this year, didn't I? Oh, what a meaningless stat. You mean the best one-off race yes. or whatever? Yes, yeah. What was yours? 32nd. So I came 82nd in Canada. I came 32nd at Austria, so have Fair that. Play. I've got my Mega Driver to use still. So, so have I. There's, it's still, still available. This is what I do want to get into, though. Predictions recap! I did good oh, for once! <laughs> Jamie had a nightmare! <laughs> let let yeah, me load all three up the of my scores. Drivers, all three of my drivers at various points were down certain run-off areas. Rem all the same run-off area, actually. Remind um, me, Jamie, how many points you scored this weekend in our predictions. Just, just so just I can hear weekend. it. Just this weekend. Uh, I got a zero. Ha <laughs> I got yeah. three. I think that's the first time. Certainly it's the first time I've got zero for a weekend. I think you might have done. I think I scored one on quite a few occasions, but I don't think I've had zero yet. I mean, my podium, yeah. to be fair, wasn't good. No, I only got, no, I got, I got Leclerc one. pole, and then I got Leclerc podium, but wrong position. Um, and to be fair... Verstappen should have been pole if the team hadn't told him to back off a two pole laps. <laughs> That's not my worry. It's true. It's true. So the points have come down. They have. To 53 to me still. Yeah. And 42 to Matt. Which 11 points. Bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to win this. I feel it. Last few Grand Prix of the year. Yeah. I'm going I'm to win this. Oh, it's double header, isn't it? I've, I've got another podcast to record on Thursday. We have got another podcast to record on come Thursday. Oh, Jamie, final thing then before we finish this week's show race rating. Out of 10, what have we given the Singapore Grand Prix? <laughs> I feel like it's been really weirdly reviewed by people this week. Some loved it, some hated it. Uh, I mean, the seven-minute highlight clip that I watched was fairly entertaining. So I'll give it a six. I was going to give it a six as well. I think it was a weird mixture between entertaining and very dull all at the same time. Yeah, I'm glad that I didn't have to wait an hour for the race to begin. It didn't bother me too much because there was still a belief there that it could have been chaos. But True. it kind yeah. of just wasn't. This is the problem when you get 
drying races are the dullest. Because, of course, a dry line forms and then no one can go off it. And then nothing happens. What we should have done is just raced in the rain and then things would have happened. But we love the FIA, apparently. <laughs> Anything else to add, Jamie, before we wrap this week's show up? Um, I don't believe so. No, we've we've done pretty checking, well. Like we, checking Twitter real quick. Well, we'll, we'll be back before yeah. Japan, of course, uh, come Friday uh, to discuss the goings-on ready for the Japanese Grand Prix. Formula 1 returned back to Marina Bay. Loved it. Formula 1 returning to Suzuka as well. I think the new cars around there are going to be exciting for two reasons. One, following each other through the S's. Two, watching them bump along the circuit because it is bumpy old school. We are going to see 130R. People are going to scream. True. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will return next week then with more, or even, sorry, the end of this week even, I should say, with more Knowing Wheel. <laughs>